Well, good morning, Radio Pulpit and Radio Cape Pulpit listeners. This is Mark Penrith, your host, together with his partner in crime extraordinaire, Teppo Pitzel. We are both from Crystal Park Baptist Church, Benoni, where we serve our local church as staff, taking care of the souls of men and changing light bulbs as and when necessary out here in the wonderful city of Benoni, a shout out to everyone who's tuning in from our hood this morning. It is good to have you, whether you are in Faramir or Rhinefield or Moorhill or Ibotzi or Cloverdean or Chief Albert Latuli or across the road at Daberton, Etwatwa or even further afield. Uh, friends in Springs and beyond, it's good to be with you this morning, recognizing that Radio Pulpit has a national footprint and so we are speaking to people from all over sunny South Africa, our beautiful rainbow nation. It's good to have you with us this morning. I love Fridays, Tips. I mean, I really do love Fridays. Mm -hmm. I love chatting to people. I love engaging with people. I love talking about God's word to God's people. Um, I love thinking about Jesus Christ. I love thinking about the future. And I know that that's your favorite topic, talking about eschatology. <laughs> I'm sure we got a question from last week that we were supposed to throw in <laughs> this week. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's good to be with you. And if you are listening in with us this morning, I'd love you to give us a shout out. It's always good to know um, who is listening into the show. I know that we have some regular listeners it's always good to hear from you guys. I think of like Penny up in Pretoria and I think of Roland in Belgium mm. and I think of friends like Michael in Springs, Glenn, who's probably hard at work right now at Macanio Theological College, guys down in Cape Town and um, guys all over the country. In actual fact, there's so many regular listeners at this stage that I'm thinking through, uh, Teresa and others, um, that I can't name you all, which is like wonderful. It's great to be with you guys. But if you are a first-time listener, or maybe a long-time listener who has never come out of the dark and into the light and said hello to us, uh, I'd love to give you uh, mechanisms, ways that you can engage with us on the show this morning. Um, even right now, say hello on whatever platform you use so that we know that you are out there. Uh, say hi on Facebook, give us a how's it on WhatsApp, or say what's up on Twitter. Uh, this is the various different um, platforms. We are currently streaming to 657 AM Radio Pulpit, 729 AM Radio Cape Pulpit, uh, Facebook on Radio Pulpit or Radio Console, and we are on DSTV channel uh, 882, Open View channel 607. Uh, we are also live streaming on our website, www.radiopulpit.co.za. Uh, this is how you can comment on Facebook. Uh, you can drop a comment into the uh, below the feed. Um, I'll get to see that pop up in front of me uh, over here. And so that is on the Facebook page, uh, Radio Pulpit or Radio Console. Uh, you can also send in a voice note on WhatsApp and Telegram. The telephone number for WhatsApp and Telegram is, write this down now, 082-657-2729. Do you want me to repeat that? I'm sure you do. 082 Six five seven two seven two nine. If you are a twit, you can tweet with us on Twitter at six five seven AM. And I'm looking forward to you dialing into the studio and talking with us live on air. The number for the studio is oh one two 
334-1322. And while I am talking, let me say hi to the guy that is making sure that the lights stay on this morning. Um, Manny is at the control center uh, at the desk of the Starship Enterprise, making sure that you can hear us and see us and that the show goes out. It's always a pleasure serving together with you, brother. Folky, each Friday, we do have the, the pleasure of engaging with our friends from Freedom of Religion South Africa. Freedom of Religion South Africa, as you know, if you've been listening to the show for any length of time, is a legal advocacy organization which works to protect and promote promote the constitutional rights to religious freedom in South Africa, which means that they are often on the coalface of of some of the, 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 the hardest discussions imaginable that society is facing and they are engaging with the state uh, on our behalf um, on behalf of the church uh, very often uh, engaging with the state and making sure that the conversation proceeds in a way which doesn't um, uh, end up bringing a uh, prejudicing uh, against God's people uh, this morning we are joined by Daniela Ellebeck who is an attorney of the High Court of South Africa she serves as a parliamentary liaison she's a graduate of Rhodes University and has specialized in litigation it is good to have you with us Daniela thanks for joining us this morning good morning Mark where's a pleasure now, this morning, we are really going to be touching on a, on a, on a controversial topic. I, I mean, there's no way to skirt that. Um, as I, I got information from you during the week in terms of uh, what was um, happening in terms of this, the, the scene, um, what's in the news recently um, is transgenderism. But not just transgenderism, uh, there's a student, if I understand correctly, and I haven't actually seen the news myself, but a student, a biological boy who identi- self-identifies as a girl um, at a local, uh, at a public school or something to that effect. And it's been making news uh, for the past few weeks. I, I've seen a couple of snapshots of Hans Winkler um, and I'm guessing that he was involved and engaged. In actual fact, I don't even know what side of the conversation he's been on. Um, but, he, but you told me that he's one of the parents who's approached the school with questions. Um, and so for the listeners, but also for me, who has no clue what's going on, um, what exactly has happened? Uh, fill us in. Tell us, uh, tell us what's going down. Okay. Well, Mark, um, so to just bring everyone up to speed, according to what has been reported in the news so far, um, the school, which I have to say is a public primary school in Somerset West in the Western Cape. So it's a public school, it's not a private school, which is important to note and we'll get to that a bit later. Um, Now this public primary school was requested um, by the parents of a nine-year-old learner um, that their child, uh, who was born as a biological boy, but who, as you said, self-identifies as a girl, be accommodated as a girl. And the school governing body granted the request, um, specifically that the learner may wear a skirt instead of trousers, so, you know, a girl uniform, and can have the use of a specifically set-aside bathroom and can participate in girls' sports. But a number of parents of other learners, including Heinz Winkler, which is why I think this made the news, um, approached school with questions regarding the decision and the actions taken. Wow. I mean... 
I can imagine just controversy abounds in this. Um, what are the kinds of questions that, uh, that, that the parents have brought to the governing body? Mark, as far as I understand it at the moment, the problem is that the parents of the school were only informed of the decision after the school governing body made the decision to accommodate the transgender learner. And Heinz and other concerned parents feel that the proposed decision should have been communicated to the rest of the parents in advance and that they should have been um, consulted and had an opportunity to make submissions, um, especially since such a decision potentially not only affects the rights of the transgender learner, but also of other learners. So from what we understand at the moment, Heinz and other concerned parents then asked the school a number of questions to gather more information about their decision and the basis of the school's decision, which of course they have a right to do and does not necessarily mean that they're against the decision, only that they want more information. Um, and from what we gather at the moment, the school and um, the group of parents are currently in correspondence with each other in this regard. Mm, okay, I, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can just, I can just imagine the difficulty when it comes to parents. So I've got, I've got three kids that are in school myself, and uh, you know, often decisions do get made long before I get to hear about it, and the, those decisions always affect me. So I can imagine just the kind of, the kind of concern that parents have, the education of our children and the safety and well-being of our children is very important to all parents. Uh, I have no doubt. Um, but, but I'm guessing that there's already maybe legal precedent or um, positions when it comes to public schooling, because you did point that out very clearly, that this is public schooling rather than pri private schooling. So, I, I mean, what, what does that look like in the country right now? What, what positions are clear and what positions are grey? Okay, so Mark, I think what's important to point out first is, is that um, we're talking from a general legal perspective and not about the Heinz-Bentley situ situation specifically. Um, so first off the bat, what's important to know is that public schools are public assets and they belong to the whole community. And as a public asset, a community's public school must reflect the diversity of that community and South African society in general. And the school is therefore obliged to accommodate transgender children. The issue, however, is how they will practically accommodate the transgender learner and how it will affect the rights of other learners. Because um, we know, of course, that the, there are different rights involved in such a situation. So on the one hand, you've got the transgender learner's right to receive a basic education and the right to not be unfairly discriminated against on the grounds of gender. And then on the other hand, you've got the other learners' rights to privacy, uh, for example, when it comes to a shared bathroom or shared sleeping facilities, um, their right to freedom of expression, for example, if you had to come to compulsory pronouns such as he or she, um, and so forth. So you've got um, different rights that are affected in this situation. And um, it's also important to point out that it's the duty of the school to act in the best interest of all learners Okay, so the school has a, a duty to act in all the learners' best interests, um, not just a single learner. And thus in this situation, as in all situations where more than one right is involved, there is a balancing of rights that needs to take place. So it's not a decision that the school management team or principal can make in isolation. It must go through the school governing body that represents the parents. And the school management team, the school governing body, 
they have to take the best learners, the best interests of all learners um, into consideration when it comes to the practical nitty gritty. And once again, it just shows us how important it is for parents to be involved with their school governing body and to serve as members of the school governing body. Mm. It does remind me of a conversation we had a few weeks back uh, regarding um, the the um, comprehensive sexual education uh, that was being proposed to school and just the, the rights of school bo- governing bodies to, um, to put forward material that was different but still educated the learners to the level that was required by the state in terms of um, um, uh, the, the, the requirements for whatever grade that they were in. And just what power school governing bodies actually do still, um, the right word isn't wield, but have within the context of the public schooling system and, and the importance of, of school, government, uh, school governing bodies to be involved uh, in the education of their children and to be front-footed in this. Um, is there any other precedent uh, for this kind of thing um, around uh, uh, South Africa? Have you have you have we seen this play out before in a public school schooling system, or is this kind of groundbreaking and uh, quite important that we get it right first time? Um, we've seen the issue of transgenderism um, in public schools um, in the Western Cape. Um, so there have been um, a few instances of it. Um, specifically, I'm thinking of one that made the news was that Reinberg girls accommodated a biological boy who identifies as a, as a girl um, and so forth. And again, public schools have a duty to accommodate all the learners um, in their area. So I want to point that out. Um, but yeah, it is relatively new in terms of the practical nitty gritty of how this is going to work out. Um, which is why the Department of Education in the Western Cape, so the Western Cape Provinces Provincial Department of Education, has um, opened up guidelines for comment um, and is in the process of finalizing these guidelines um, for basically how to accommodate gender identity, so transgenderism in public schools, um, that they from what we understand from the department are hoping to roll out early 2022, just because this is becoming a practical question that public schools have, like, okay, how do we do this? How do we, mm. how do we keep everyone happy? Um, yep. Well, Daniela, thanks again for the work that you guys do. And also just, I, I mean, I realize that on the one hand, you lobby and you advocate uh, on our behalf to the state. Um, but you also certainly do a great job of informing the public in terms of what's going on around the country. And so really appreciate the work that you guys do. Uh, let's just say that there's someone who's listening in this morning who wants to know more about this or other topics, <laughs> hot topics which are you know in the air at the moment. Uh, how do they go about finding out more information about either the work that Freedom of Religion South Africa is doing or what's going on in terms of the state? So, Mark, for any questions they may have or, you know, a desire to look at religious freedom issues, um, which is, you know, issues that impact your right to live out your belief and express it, um, you know, both publicly and privately, they can go to our website at www.forsa.org.za. Of course, at our website, uh, they can sign up for a newsletter, which I highly recommend because, as we discussed last week, if you sign up for a newsletter, you also get alerts when um, bills and policies and things like you know, um, guidelines 
um, are opened up for public comment. Um, and we normally send out a template submission as well um, for subscribers. Um, you can sign up for free. So to stay informed, go to our website, um, just to repeat, www.forsa.org.za. Sign up for our newsletter. We make it very easy. Get it in your inbox. We do not spam you. And um, of course, for social media fundies, um, they can also follow us on social media on Facebook at Freedom of Religion SA. Daniela, thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we will either see you or somebody else from Freedom of Religion next week. God bless. Cheers. God bless, Mark. Have a good weekend. Thank you. Well, listeners, uh, this morning we are going to be discussing primarily issues around orphan care and uh, the need for adoption in South Africa. Um, there is a, a kind of a, a major Sunday coming up this coming Sunday. Um, it's called Orphan Sunday. It's celebrated around the world, um, and it is celebrated as an opportunity for churches to remember the needs of orphans within the context of their own communities. And so together with many other churches all over South Africa, Crystal Park Baptist Church will be um, mem uh, remembering uh, orphans this coming Sunday. And so uh, in light of that, we're going to bring a number of guests onto the show today in order to talk um, around some of the practical questions around both orphan care, around adoption, uh, around the needs of organizations which support orphans uh, all over the country. And we're going to be starting to talk about that in a while. You might have your own questions around adoption. You might have your own questions around uh, the state uh, of orphan care within the context of our country or how to go about getting involved. Um, you might have many questions uh, in relation to this particular topic. Uh, I want to just remind you how you can get involved in the conversation this morning. You can make comments on, on Facebook to Radio Pulpit, Radio Console. You can send voice notes to WhatsApp or Telegram on 082-657-2729. You can tweet on Twitter at 657 AM. And lastly, you will be able to phone into the studio on 012-334-1322. We're going we're gonna to move to that in a moment. But I think for now, uh, let me just turn to Tepo and, uh, and say, Tepo, it's really good to have you with us, brother. Uh, thanks for joining. Uh, yeah, I, you know, as we start off the show this morning, uh, maybe just give me an indication of uh, how things are going. Last week, we chatted about... Uh, Sunday services with mm -hmm. Etienne mm -hmm. and just the importance of getting together on Sundays. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, anything that, because I know you were listening in the, uh, down in the study, but anything to add uh, regarding uh, Sunday worship, uh, especially with Orphan Care Sunday coming up, how would, you, how would you encourage people to join local churches this Sunday? Yeah, so, so, um, <laughs> yeah, I was actually, I think for a moment I was in the building and then I was out again. But yeah, um, like Sunday worship services are actually, um, very important for the Christian life, uh, because as a Christian, you, you need to be in community with other believers. Um, and so it's very important for each and every Christian to belong to a local church. <laughs> and the word belong there is very important. Now I'm going to talk about um, not just attending from time to time, but being a member 
of a local church because then you get the benefits of um, being um, in the family, in a local family of God. And so, yeah, and basically we gather together on a Sunday morning because we ourselves (laughs) were once orphans without a parent um, and basically we are adopted into God's family. And so it's 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 a very it's a very um, um, uh, important uh, doctrine and important um, 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 uh, teaching that we need to be um, uh, just helping others in the church in the local church understand about our uh, position before we got saved we 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 were with basically um yes we have earthly fathers but um for eternity um to come we didn't have that kind of love that we would need and so god adopts us into his family through the gift of his uh son and his finished work on the cross and so it's very important that us even as christians and that even the Sunday may be used as an opportunity to teach uh, members of a local church about who we once were and who we are and why often care Sunday is important for us as Christians. So uh, at Crystal Park Baptist Church, we love singing um, hymns and songs with rich uh, lyrical content, right? Mm. So uh, that are filled with either biblical pictures um, or direct quotations from, from God's Word. Mm. And uh, there's, there's a couple of new hymns, a couple of new songs, which contain lyrics related to orphans, uh, orphan care and adoption. Mm. Uh, I, think of, I think of one line, uh, we were orphans lost at the fall, um, uh, running away when we heard your call. Mm-hmm. And just this, the, the, this beautiful picture of... of um, at a time we, when we had, um, when we were in spiritual darkness, mm. um, we were given light by God and adopted into a new family, um, and that new family included God as our Father and Jesus Christ as our older brother. Yes. Um, in reality, just the beautiful picture um, that adoption presents, um, both to us as Christians, but also to a watching world, uh, mm-hmm. a picture of uh, which is one of love and one of care, it doesn't surprise me at all mm-hmm. um, that God, over and over again, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, calls on His people as mm-hmm. a characteristic mark and um, to be those who reach out to the most vulnerable in society, mm-hmm. whether they be foreigners, strangers in the land, or whether they be widows and orphans, uh, mm-hmm. to take care of them. Joel, I'd love to bring you in at this stage, brother. I, I know that you are on the line. Um, good morning. It is, it's good to have you with us. It really is. And uh, even as uh, even as you come on, Joel, uh, I uh, I recognise that uh, that isn't a crew accent. So m- maybe you want to tell us uh, what accent you're running there, so that the, the listeners uh, kind of get an idea of of who you are. Well, I wish I could say. Uh, first of all, can you hear me? Okay. Oh, can he crystal clear? Great. Yeah, I wish I could say that uh, after living here for nine years, it was a mix of a South African and American accent. But unfortunately, I guess living 40 years in the States has stuck with me, uh, at least in the accent. And uh, yeah, <laughs> so uh, my wife and I moved here about uh, almost 10 years ago now. 
um, from the States, and we've been living in the Joburg area since then. Okay, so 10 years uh, from living in the States, you've been living in the Joburg area since then. What did you come to South Africa to do, brother? Uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> out of all the places in the world, why South Africa? Uh-huh. Why Africa? Sure, yeah, we had, uh, like you were just saying, you know, God calls us to care for the most vulnerable. And uh, honestly, um, I ran a business in the States and um, we were happy there uh, with our older children at the time. And um, God just started to work in our hearts that maybe we could help missionaries around the world do something. And so we thought he was going to call us to do something maybe two or three weeks a year. And uh, through a series of events, um, we became convinced that God was calling us to do something on a more permanent basis. And so uh, we moved here in 2012 to start a ministry to the fatherless, um, specifically to children that were abandoned or at risk. And so we started Ontatile Children's Ministries to be able to help with the crisis that we have here in South Africa. Talk of a crisis, and I, I just want to repeat the name of the organization that you're working with because um, folk might not have gotten that uh, on the on the first uh, on the first try. Mm. So it's Ontentile, 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 and it's based on the West Rand, the west side of Johannesburg. Yes, yes, we're over here in the Rudaport area, and uh, we work with a lot of social workers over here that we're thankful for what they do as well. So, Joel, I, I'm aware that there is a crisis in South Africa. I mean, th- that crisis has has uh, moved even my family uh, into mm. into action. Um, uh, even as I think about it, my heart is heavy even right now. Um, but maybe you just want to want to just kind of flesh that out for us. When we talk about crisis in South Africa, of what magnitude are we talking about? Sure. Um, We've seen a lot of statistics, and depending on where you look, you can get um, different statistics. But the lowest that we've seen is 2.3 million um, fatherless in South Africa. So that's a huge number. We've seen uh, numbers as high as over 4 million. Um, We've seen uh, 250,000 child-headed households in South Africa. So um, we often run into situations where children uh, we've seen as young as six years old and then uh, often up into the early teens that are caring for their younger brothers and sisters because um, nobody else can care for them maybe even sometimes they're living in a home with an adult but the adult is unable or unwilling to care for them and so just a huge crisis there Um, obviously covid has even compounded that more Um, i've seen statistics that we are the largest um, country uh, lo- uh, that have lost the largest amount of parents um, to COVID uh, and causing more um, orphans here in South Africa. So just a huge thing that doesn't seem to be um, getting any smaller. Something that is really needed is help for the orphans. Sure. I mean, th- those numbers are staggering, Joel. They're, they're mm. absolutely staggering. It's like it's like standing on the beach and looking up and there's a tsunami heading in your direction. I mean, right. is there any hope in the midst of, of the kind of statistics that you've spoken about? Right. You often wonder that, you know, as you're in the middle of it. But uh, many people have talked about the picture of a, 
um, saving a, a um, what do you call it, a starfish on the seashore when there's millions of starfish that have been washed up on the seashore and, uh, you know, it doesn't matter, but it does matter to that one. And so we often take that um, viewpoint that it matters to the ones that we are able to help. And uh, that's why I'm not sure if you've had them on already, um, but Open Home um, will be coming up and we're working with them to reach out to the church community and just let people know if we could all come together and uh, everybody that is able to help the fatherless were in in the churches was able to do a little bit then it would make a huge huge difference so we're praying for that um every day i mean joel actually i i love that analogy and that certainly has been my own experience as i i think of a number of couples even within our local church who have gone through the process of adoption and the process mm. of fostering and just um and just the reality, when you, when you look around, the, the darkness is real. Just the, the, the weight of the problem lies heavy on my heart. But when you look at specific instances of people who have opened their homes, uh, communities who have embraced and loved uh, children that are in need, um, then you do realize that, for, um, th that the church itself actually can make a difference and does make the difference right. in, many, in many people's lives. And those lives are changed. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, the, the circumstances are, are irreversibly changed for the good. Um, and praise the Lord for that. So how, yes, how and even... Uh, sorry, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Um, so a couple things. So even in our nine years here, we've seen a, a huge uptick in um, people from churches, uh, even that just the churches that we're involved in, um, people that have a heart for caring for orphans and um, caring for even fostering children, um, because a lot of people are uh, nervous about doing that. So that's a whole uh, another situation. Um, but we have a lot of people that have come from the church that are stepping forward and doing that. So we're thankful for that. But you asked how the church can get involved. Um, well, we love well, what's coming up. Go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I do. I think of the church because I'm convinced that the church is God's vehicle um, into right. the world. And the church is made up of God's people. And God's people are commanded, right, <laughs> right. to right. Uh, care for, for widows and orphans. And so I, I know it doesn't really, I mean, in, in some ways, uh, the state is, is faced with this immense problem. But I'm convinced yes. that part of whatever the solution will be here on earth will involve God's people in some way. Mm. And so, like, how do we go about equipping them as we can? How, how do people get into this process? What, what can real people do, even listeners that are listening in right now? What are some of the things that churches can do? What are some of the ways that churches can get involved? Sure, right. Thank you. So uh, I loved what you said a little while ago where you were talking about, you know, God has a heart for um, the fatherless and the orphans and the, even strangers in the land, you know, foreigners and uh, widows and so forth. Uh, you see it all throughout Scripture. Um, and God calls uh, his people to have the same heart that he does. And of course, in the New Testament, we see in James where he talks about um, true religion is caring for widows and orphans and their affliction. Keep yourself unspotted from the world. And so as Christians, we just we have to have a heart for this. 
um, if we're going to follow after God and really um, do what God calls us to do. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody needs to foster or everybody needs to adopt. Um, we do believe that everybody should seriously um, consider um, the possibility of being able to foster or adopt, and uh, if that's not for them, how they can help others. And so, as you mentioned, um, the church can get involved. First of all, uh, this Sunday, um, Orphan and Adoption Sunday, uh, we love it because it just shines a light again on this topic that is so needed and uh, and causes people in our church, we hope, in our churches to stop and think about this and um, that maybe this is something that they should be doing or they can help somebody that is doing it. Um, but as far as the process, we often help people um, get through the legal aspects of it. Now we can't help uh, finalize adoption um, with our ministry that has to go through a social worker and uh, so forth, the proper channels. But what we found is a lot of people get intimidated just either thinking about the process or maybe they've even started and tried to um, contact a social worker or something. And it just can be a daunting process to, to many people. And um, even people that have had, uh, have tried for years. And so what we have done is put together a kind of a check sheet um, that shows legally um, what you have to do to be able to adopt a child in South Africa. And it kind of takes away a little bit of the mystery and um, the hugeness of what's going on because you can say um, in order, we basically have just gone through what, what does the um, law say needs to be done to adopt a child. And so we have this checklist and we just talk with people and go through it. I uh, love to sit down with people and have coffee and uh, just say, you know, here's what it would take to be able to do this. And oftentimes um, that helps because people then go, okay, this is something that I can see uh, physically that I know I can do this and uh, let's move forward uh, to do it. And so uh, we'll also help people. So for instance, in the very beginning, um, they would need to have a form 30 uh, filled out and sent into DSD and go to the SAP's office and have a police clearance um, just to get started. And so it's a lot of practical things like that uh, that can be done to get yourself started in the adoption or foster process. Uh, you're talking about a cheat sheet. Is that something that, uh -huh. a, that, a, that a church could, um, could print out and put up in poster form? Uh, on a bulletin board or um, around the church in order to assist people uh, and, and kind of give them a little bit of guidance for those that are maybe in the process and don't know what step is next or those that are possibly thinking about getting into the process. Um, is, the, is this a printable document? Sure, absolutely it is. It's just, and it's really just, uh, I think there's either 10 or 12 steps. I don't have it right in front of me, but we've printed it on the front and back of one piece of paper and definitely a church can have that and um, put that up. Uh, but it also helps to have somebody that can kind of talk you through it and say, okay, this is about how long this portion usually takes. And this is where you need to go to submit this. And it's best if you call after 21 days or, you know, just a lot of helpful things that uh, we have and others have found over the years that will help you get through the process. 
That's uh, that's excellent, Joel. Um, maybe if you um, drop that into into the WhatsApp group that you and I are on, uh, I will sure. add that to the show notes because I'm guessing that there's one or two pastors that are listening in right now, and maybe kind of surprise, surprise, this Sunday is Orphan Sunday. Uh, well, here's the thing: it, it might be a little bit late in the game um, for them to get in the speaker or to do something like massively big. Uh, although Quentin Saunders will be on a little bit later, uh, and we'll mm. talk about some of the things that churches can do even this Sunday uh, to recognise uh, Orphan Sunday. Um, but but one of the things that a pastor can do relatively easily. Uh, is print off the document on the church printer and put it up on a couple of notice boards um, sure. reflect on it during the service and maybe even bring it into the pastoral prayers um, that's relatively easy and I have found just pastorally myself in a church of let's go with you know 160 to 200 on a Sunday mm-hmm. that there are a number of people at any given time within the context of our local church that are at least considering adoption for a right. wide range of reasons. And if the church can help them with that process, A, it really does um, assist them in terms of speeding the process up because they have trustworthy uh, influences, um, but it also uh, really does assist them uh, just in, in terms of having confidence that the community right. is with them, the community is supportive of what they're doing. Uh, Joel, are you involved in, in some kind of orphan care uh, uh, work this coming Sunday and if so what does that look like or what have you seen in past weeks as uh, past weeks past years as as people around the world and around our country have recognized Orphan Sunday yeah thanks for asking that that's a good question um, we've seen all sorts of things and so thankful for any church that um, takes part in this. In our church this Sunday, um, in the pastoral prayer, as you mentioned earlier, um, we plan to uh, pray for the fatherless and orphans all over the world, but specifically here in our context in South Africa. And so we're thankful for that in our Sunday morning service. Also, um, we'll be doing songs you had mentioned earlier that uh, talk about the fatherless or adoption or uh, I, I mean, just the theology of adoption, we could talk about uh, for hours. Um, amazing what God has done and the picture uh, of how he loves us and cares for us and includes us in his family. And so songs that um, bring that out, so many songs that just talk about God as our father. Um, and then on Sunday evening, we'll be doing a little bit more. We'll have a prayer time and I'll be talking uh, at our church about Ontetile and uh, some of the needs that we have as a ministry and then needs that um, we have in our country and uh, just encouraging people to come forward. And like you said, uh, we have found the same thing. Every time that we go and speak at a church, we have a number of families that come and say, um, we've been thinking about fostering or we've been thinking about adopting, but we didn't know how to get started. And this is exciting. And to have a church family um, that will come around a family that is thinking about doing this in uh, practical ways is tremendous. Um, just, you know, giving baby cots or clothes or helping with foodstuffs. Um, but then emotionally, you know, there's a huge component right from the very beginning where people are nervous about this for good reason and for many reasons and how others can come along and help them know that they'll be there to help out um, whatever comes. Um, for For instance, specifically for us, I was very sick this year and was not able to be um, in our home for 
a few weeks and we had a family that came along and just kind of helped take over things uh, for us here and um, if the electricity would go out or uh, if there were other needs they would uh, help so lots of ways practically emotionally spiritually um, that people can help in the church and we find that that is the best situation when a family that is fostering or adopting is able to have that community church community around them uh, helping uh, deal with all the things that come up I um, mean Joel that that's actually fantastic I've been taking notes as you were talking and just adding them to the show notes on mm. uh, Radio Pulpit's Facebook page which has been shared to Crystal Park Baptist Church's page as well as to uh, my own personal page, uh, Mark Penrith or Pastor Mark Penrith. And I think it's been shared to Open Home uh, Africa, which is a great page to go and like and yes. check out now. Um, I have included a link to uh, Tantile Children's Ministry uh, in, the, in those show notes as well. So that if people who are listening in right now um, their hearts have been moved toward adoption, but they didn't know where to start. Like, praise the Lord. Uh, here's mm. one way. Get hold of Joel Kirby. Um, he is uh, tagged uh, on on the show notes uh, this uh, this morning. Uh, get hold of yeah. him, and, uh, and, and you'll send the relevant details or possibly even meet with people uh, when, they, yes. when, they, when they can. Brother, can I, can I just ask? I mean, Atentile Children's Ministry, um, we've engaged with you many times as a church. You've been out to Crystal mm. Park Baptist Church to speak to us as a church community. But not only that, you've actually been involved in, in some of the uh, adoptions and moves towards adoptions within the context of our local church. Um, mm. And most recently, you've been involved in some of the, um, the crisis management uh, that, that mm. in terms of the community and, and coming out and helping people uh, work through uh, some very difficult situations. And I've always been really grateful to work alongside you. Um, mm. As an organization, what are the kinds of things that a children's ministry of your nature, what are the kinds of things that, that ministries like this generally need? The kinds of things that you know people might be able to, to assist um, an Ottentile or, or the orphan care organization which is just down the road from where they stay because yeah. the reality is with orphan care being such a massive issue in our country um, there is probably uh, an organization just down the road from where everybody, right. where anybody stays yeah yeah thanks that's a great question uh, so there are so many things that can be done and so many ways to help um, first of all, just people coming and helping. Uh, over the years, we've had short-term helpers, so we've had uh, people that have come and played with the kids or um, helped clean up after the children or whatever here at, at our ministry. Um, as I mentioned, we have people that have committed long-term. Uh, anytime, for instance, I was out the other day and our electricity went off and we didn't know why. And I wasn't able to get home for a few hours and I, we have a family that has said, hey, we will help anytime with anything. And so I called them and they came over and um, helped out in the situation. That was a huge blessing. And they, they have now been doing this for a couple of years with us. And we're super thankful for that. Um, clothes obviously is a, a huge blessing um, when we are given clothes we've been given so many now we're thankful um, that we now give to other ministries um, when we we kind of go through what has been given to us and then say okay 
Um, let's see who else we can give to. So when people give to us, we do that. Um, and foodstuffs, uh, we had a lady in our church that would consistently give um, diapers or nappies, as we say here. Um, and I mean, just all sorts of things that we're so excited for and thankful that people come alongside and help us. And, and really um, emotionally, too, uh, through the years, we, we had been told when we started that there is a, um, a big burnout rate in this type of a ministry um, where people do it and jump in and you get so busy and love it that, um, you know, you burn out after five or six years. And we have not thankfully experienced that. And we think it's largely because of our church family and others that have come around us and um, have said, we will help you in really tangible ways, um, not just as a once-off, although that's wonderful too, but um, on a continual basis. And so we look forward to being able to do this for many more years, if not decades. Yeah. Fantastic. Joel, you know, talking to you, I mean, on the one hand, you start off and just highlight the problem that we're facing, just this very real reality. And one starts off um, really um, quite despondent or, or quite, you know, concerned, but a, the kind of concern where you just think, like, is there anything that can be done? But, but even as I'm talking to you, I, I'm reminded that, yes, there is lots that people can do. I, I, mm -hmm. I mean, really lots that people can do. People can adopt. Uh, I, you know, yes. my wife and my wife and I are joyfully um, are, are, are part of that um, adoption tribe, mm. and uh, uh -huh. and 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 are blessed with having a child uh, mm. who came into our family through adoption. Um, but in reality, as you were talking, you mentioned folk who would give of their time and go to a children's home and play with children. Um, mm. Yeah. I can't tell you what a benefit that was mm -hmm. to our family, that mm. our son was loved even before right. we had the chance to love him. Um, yep. Yeah, and just, uh, just encourage listeners out there, friends, um, your time is valuable. Mm. Um, and right. I can't imagine many better ways of spending it mm. than loving on somebody who might right. potentially never be able to love you back in, in that kind right. of way. But, but, but who will experience the benefit uh, of your tender care uh, for years. And, um, and Mark, yeah. I, I hear you getting emotional there, and, and this is an emotional thing. And as a family, um, as you work through these things, when you adopt and yeah. you foster, um, there are so many emotions, and you need help um, with that, people that will lift you up and bear you up. And, uh, and like you said, um, we're so thankful to be part of a church community where um, families and children and parents have come around our kids and um, invited them to come and play or come over to our house and play or just interacted with them in, in very real ways. And as a adoptive parent myself and a foster parent also, uh, I share that emotion that you were just showing of this is a big thing to us. And so when people do things that may seem little to them, it actually makes a big difference in our lives and in the lives of our children. Well, Joel, uh, you know, uh, it's kind of like four minutes to the hour, but I, I want to start uh, to bring in our friends, uh, Safiso and Chachelo, um, who are with uh, another organization 
uh, Open Home Africa. And I, I want to start to uh, just bring them in so that they can kind of take the baton uh, and continue the conversation in terms of both the need for adoption, um, but also what can actually practically be done. Because again, this is a, a, a an incredible grassroots organization which is making practical difference on the ground all over the country. Uh, Sefiso, are you with us, brother? Good morning, Mark. Uh, yes, I am. Hi. Good morning to the listeners. It's so cool seeing you, my friend. Yeah, so good to see you too. <laughs> so, good morning, also. How's it, Kachelo? It's good to have you online as well. And uh, it's uh, it, whilst we can't see you, it's good to hear your voice. So, so Pule's, yeah. help us out here. Uh, we've been talking with Joel uh, for the last while. Um, we've been talking about a, an organization which provides excellent uh, support and care uh, to orphans directly um, as an organization. But that is actually, I mean, the problem is too big. <laughs> the problem is literally too big for any one organization to take care of, uh, even for the state to take care of at this, at, at this stage. Um, and so maybe introduce us to the good work that Open Home uh, Africa is doing. Um, yeah, introduce us, uh, explain to us who you are, what is your heart, how did you guys get started, and uh, and what is the work that you're doing? Yeah, sure. Um, if you don't mind me, I'll go, go for it. Um, yeah, so Open Home Africa seeks to ensure that every child has a loving home. That is our motto. And uh, we are adoptive parents ourselves. And we actually, um, six, seven years ago, were in talks with Joel. And that's how we started uh, our, our adoption journey. And um, Joel helped us with the paperwork and connecting us to the right social worker. And we're so thankful that we had someone like that um, 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 walking with us. And it was a fellow believer who understood that this is our mandate, you know. And then fast forward six years later, lockdown happening. Young lady calls me and says she wants to give her baby up for adoption. And I realized, shucks, you know, during adoption, I mean, during lockdown, um, how do you find a home for a little person and it was another brother Gideon Benny who said actually you know start workshops get Christians to know about this and that's really how mm. Open Home was uh, born um, it was more of let's rally around one another as Christians sensitize each other to the crisis that's happening in South Africa because as you put it Mark the government just cannot do it on their own and um, mm. there are many organizations many uh, orphanages but um, the children are stuck you know there's so much red tape people are giving up they're not encouraged to continue and we were like you know what let's walk alongside others others who want to do this because it is a god-given mandate yeah sure, mm. that, process of walk, that, that process of walking uh, alongside others uh, Sophie, so what does that mm. look like i mean, I mean how, how do you actually go about that uh, it's one thing to mm. say we're going to walk a journey with people but I've actually seen you guys do it in rather unique ways. And um, maybe just flesh that out for us. Thanks, thanks for that question, Mark. Um, so just the way that it happened to us, we had to be exposed and meet others who were going through the same, who had gone through the same journey, I should say. 
um, uh, you know, for, 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 for many couples, um, you know, young couples um, who may, you know, struggle with infertility, for example, and things like that, um, and yet the Lord may have given them an opportunity, like, you know, desire to raise a family. They generally don't consider adoption, don't even consider foster care. And, um, uh, and, and I think, you know, there's one scenario that's hardly ever addressed. Um, and, you know, especially in the black community, um, you find that, um, you know, it's not even spoken of uh, because it's so taboo. Infertility, adoption, both topics uh, are so taboo. Yet, when you see it practiced, when you see it modeled for you, uh, and as a believer, you, you see the gospel lived out in every way, where you mm. see a family electing to go and uh, find uh, a child um, to give a, a forever home to or even care for their every need uh, for that interim period. And so for us, that's how it worked out. Uh, it was modeled for us in the churches, uh, just like, as uh, Joel said, and uh, we are within a community that uh, really advocates um, for this because it truly is the gospel lived out. Yeah, yeah. So, so And also, so, you know, one of the ways yeah. you asked... Go for it, Kachil. Oh, you asked one of the ways that we've been doing this uh, working with singles. There are lots of young South African women who want to adopt, but they they think they're the only ones, you know? And it's like, no, you can do it, you know? Um, uh, it's not only for, you know, married couples. I mean, we, we know the ideal thing is that, but if the Lord has given you means and you're single and you are keen to open up your home, we have a group of about four or five ladies who are keen to do it. You know, they've, they, they, they really are keen to, uh, step in and um, do that and we, we've had lots of people come on us because for us as Fisa said with the black African community it's 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 not just a, a light decision because family's involved <laughs> mom dad mm. uncle auntie they need to sort of process this along with you you know and so it's one of those things where you have to give people tools on look it can be done make up your mind and if the Lord has put it in your heart, run with it. You know, don't let the voices of others stop you or deter you from doing this. So, I, I mean, I, as I've as I've been listening, and one of the, one of the things that I've I've heard, you've spoken about singles. Uh, you've also spoken about just the the reality and the need to advocate for adoption, particularly amongst um, uh, black folk in our country. So, Fisa, one of the ways that I've seen you guys do this really effectively is by running workshops. I, I've been to a, an adoption workshop. I think I went to an adoption workshop at Molotsane Baptist Church in Soweto uh, a while back. Uh, I, I might have been at another conference there, but I know that you've run workshops there. Um, but maybe just, just tell us, what, what, what would one of the workshops that you guys run look like? Um, and and what kind of success have you seen come out of workshops? Obviously, you don't just run workshops uh, in townships. Mm -hmm. You also run workshops in suburban churches. You've run mm -hmm. a workshop at Crystal Park Baptist Church. Um, there might be pastors that are listening in right now that are, mm -hmm. are saying, mm -hmm. you know what, I believe that adoption is biblical. Um, I believe that there is a responsibility of the church to at least talk about this. Um, this sounds like a very practical way for us as a church to maybe get involved and maybe our first step in, in, being, in being advocates for adoption is by inviting Open Home Africa into our church in, in order to run a workshop. What would a workshop look like? 
as Safiso, and and then maybe Chachelu, you can pick up the baton after Safiso. Sure. Thanks for the question, Mark. So, with with regards to the uh, workshops, it's the first avenue in us uh, raising awareness of uh, uh, the need. Um, that is in the in the country for you know young children who are vulnerable, and generally what we cover there are topics such as you know an overview of the orphan crisis in South Africa. You know, uh, uh, Joel touched a little bit on this uh, in terms of just um, what the need is in terms of um, quantifiable numbers. Um, and the second one is really just to to to, to demonstrate the gospel in action. You know, where mm. at the workshops you also have other adoptive families. And we also go through, you know, through the, the speakers um, touch on, you know, just what the what what the practical applications of this entails, and how this is a community effort in so much as it's a family effort as well. And lastly, it's also just um, you know um, practical ways of how the community can make a difference: one family, one church, and one community at a time. Um, so these are free workshops uh, to attend, and um, they are open to any church that would um, like to host these workshops, uh, where we actually just share resources and uh, talk through um, what is involved uh, in this process. Um, love, would you like to add? Yeah. Yeah, and then Joel comes along. He has this awesome um, sort of uh, checklist um, that he has put together. And um, it helps you understand what the process is, what documents do you need, what forms you'd have to fill in, just like the process, how much it would be, all of that, you know, because I think this information, as much as, you know, um, we may Google, um, there are different approaches and processes. And if you do not know the way, it might take you 10 years instead of six months, if you know what I mean. Um, it's, mm. it's, it's a matter of connecting with the right social worker. It's a matter of having mm. the right documentation and knowing um, if they say, no, you can't adopt, knowing what what is the criteria. You know, a lot of people have actually come to us at the workshops and said, well, they told us that we've been married for too short, you know, not not a long time. And I was like, well, that's not a great enough criteria. You actually need to go back to the social work and say, that's not a good enough criteria. According to our laws, according to child protection um, uh, law and, and everything like that, this is how it's supposed to be. So it's actually just advising people, this is how you can go about it. If anyone comes up with an excuse or um, uh, you, we're finding that some social workers are anti-adoption you know um, so you you need to push forward and this is a spiritual thing also you need to fight for these children they are being mm. abandoned and mm. being they are vulnerable and, and in a way you need to be like no I'm going to stand up this is this is this is standing up for the vulnerable, you know, and be like, no, I'm not going to let them do that. I'm going to go to home affairs or social development and stand there the whole day and be at court and stand there the whole day until I get a resolution. So it's just that having that camaraderie and 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 building that community in Joburg with these workshops we'd love to have a team of people that we know if something happens in Joburg we come together and we say okay how do we fix that how do we help one another um, with this crisis yeah and I know that you've spoken about that uh, to me in the past uh, just this this idea of having a network uh, that can really support one another 
um, and equip and enable one another in the event of a crisis or of a problem or of a concern. How might people get involved? Uh, how might people uh, engage or interact with you? Uh, what are the ways? What are the ways and the channels of uh, of communication uh, with yourself and Safiso uh, in order to get the ball rolling? Whether mm. that's a pastor who wants to organise a workshop, or whether that's a member of the community who wants to join a network, um, or whether that's a parent, a, a future parent, uh, who who really recognises mm. that they need support. Yeah, so we've got um, a Facebook page and an Instagram page and uh, you can inbox us at Open Home Africa and be like, this is what we'd love to do, you know, for our church or if you were an individual, pop us um, a message. Um, you could also just SMS me directly or WhatsApp me at 083-770-7389 and uh, we'd be well, we'll be like willing to walk with you and and and. and and you know run with you i think the last time we were on your show there was a lady all the way from western cape mark who contacted us and said hey this i'm fostering a, a little one here i need i need <laughs> i need um you know assistance and um through that we've been walking the journey with her you know and she's been such an encouragement her little one is now one you know and it's just it's just beautiful to walk alongside people who are on this journey in in, in different parts parts of the country so we are willing to like come to you you can whatsapp us you can inbox us let's do this thing uh, because it's a mandate you know mark we cannot yeah. sit and, and and just fold our, our arms and be like okay I'm, I'm a christian tick i go to church tick i go to bible study tick but we are the hands and feet you know and we need to remember this um that yeah. um yeah we will have to account for the days that we had on this earth mm. You know, I, I mean, lump in my throat. I, I, t today is just such an emotional show. I'm, I'm experiencing highs and I'm experiencing lows. Um, in that, um, you know, earlier, lump in my throat as uh, I was speaking to Joel and just thinking of the, the desperate need. And later, again, like a heavy blanket, um, you know, just, just thinking of, of, of children being loved by people who they won't remember. Um, but by people who are giving up their time and their effort and their energy to love children who who will who will benefit from that for the rest mm -hmm. of their lives mm -hmm. um, and then these massive highs I mean you're talking about the last time that we spoke which was um, a, a while back um, but just the the stories that came out of it and in the end adoptions which came out of that just the joy of of people being being moved to action as they hear the call of God uh, in their hearts and then respond to it uh, practically. Um, uh, just uh, it is emotional when we talk about these things because mm. it's close to home um, and it is a topic which is of such importance and and so and so grave and and so important. And um, Chachilo, uh, even as um, even as you've been speaking, I, I don't want us to leave anything on the table, uh, something which, uh, which is important either to yourself or to Safiso. Uh, is there something that you'd like to, just in terms of closing uh, this, this, this period of time, is there anything that you'd like to cover, uh, talk about, um, add in, and then uh, if you can hand the baton over to Safiso uh, to close us out in terms of the section before we go to ad breaks? Mm, I think... I think 
for me, I mean, even this morning on the on the how train <laughs> on the way to um, a, a specific place, I spoke to somebody about you know adoption, and they were like, "Wow, oh, you're the first person I've ever come across." I'm like, "Well, there's many of us, you know." It's just um, <laughs> we actually don't talk about this. We've been doing this for a very long time. Even as Africans, you know, this is something that we know just because we tend to shy away. And so mm. we, we've lost that connection, that, that sense of, you know, they say Ubuntu, but just like even just as people, you know, she was trying to congratulate me. And I was like, no, but as people, this is what, this is, this is what should be in our hearts. You know, you, you see somebody um, on the side of the street or whatever, there's a pool, you know, you, you you realize that everything is fallen and um 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 we are the, we are salt and light you know and it, it's not so much oh you know let me do this because god will reward me or anything like that there's nothing you know like that it's just understanding this is what the 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 the, the, the opportunity and you know to to really witness to the world and what beautiful witnessing this is to a dying world to our family members even if it's difficult we have to go through the cultural issues the racial issues it is difficult but this is a witness so it's more than just ticking a box but it's a witness mm-hmm. i love beautiful yeah i think if 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 if, if uh, you know what as one observes and having have, have being in the privileged position of uh, being an adoptive parent uh, myself and exposed to other uh, members of the church who have adopted is truly a blessing we've seen god's hand upon our lives um not so much as a reward per se but co-laboring in a real way it's very much parenting um in that uh, you're raising up the child in the in the knowledge of the lord but you're doing it within a community that is so supportive mm-hmm. and and, and uh, that you don't walk alone. And most importantly, God is with you because you are standing up for the voiceless, those who do not um, have any mother or father. Who do they cry out to? And if you open your home for them, um, um, the Lord sees to the needs that the child may have through the community and the support structure that is around there. The church is vital um, in terms of, uh, you know, just uh, the awareness and um, uh, the support that the, fa- the adoptive family needs. And also, it you know, the adoptive family models this um, to many others. And so our workshops are all about bringing that to reality for, for people. And um, if uh, time permits, there's just five real things that um, people can even begin to just uh, orientate themselves and contextualize themselves um, to this. Um, if, if I may read, there's a list of 35 or so that uh, things that uh, churches and individuals could do um, just to get started on our website, openhomeafrica.com. But the five that I want to just read out, uh, you know, looking at a, a, adopt, uh, inviting an adoptive or foster family um, to speak at a, at a youth group, at a church group, a Bible study, um, just mm. to talk about their journey. I mean, that's the beginning because it is a beautiful yeah. picture. Um, you know, as we said, that uh, inviting open home to speak at a group, that's also one option. That uh, zero obligation is just a, a matter of just sharing what the, the testimonies of what the Lord has been doing through other families. And then also looking at, uh, um, you know, a, 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 the church getting behind an adoptive family in the community, you know, starting mm. to just share within their bulletins um, the, the, the news and updates around what's happening in that community when it comes to orphan care. Um, and the need that 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 is there, 
Um, the other one is inviting the, the, the people who are on the ground, the social workers, um, for breakfast and tea, you know, for a time of prayer. You know, um, that's one way of reaching the community and making sure that they know that the church cares and is walking alongside them with this. And then last one is really, you know, just uh, for individuals in particular. They could look at, uh, you know, serving um, at a local orphanage uh, and a foster home or, or, or just or, or orphanage, if I, was, if I could put it that way, for three to six months just to go and see what's happening. What do they need? Because once you know, you can pray knowingly. And once you start praying, you are very much a part of uh, the solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, I appreciate you. I love you guys. Uh, you are incredible. I find you both very inspirational. Um, I love talking to you. Uh, whenever I talk to you, I walk away motivated uh, and, uh, and, and just really feel like I've, I've heard from the Lord again um, and I'm encouraged to kind of go out and be obedient Reasonable. and enjoy doing God's work in the world. I have no doubt that uh, listeners um, online uh, who have been listening both to uh, Joel uh, and the work that Antintile has been doing, children's ministry is doing, as well as the, um, those who listened to Chachelo and Safiso speak, uh, the work of Open Home Africa, um, will be intrigued and will possibly want to get more information. The way to do that is right now. To go to Facebook, I have included website addresses as well as Facebook pages uh, in the show notes this morning. And let me tell you what we're going to be doing after a short break. We're going to come back. We're going to be speaking to uh, my friend and partner, um, uh, a long-time ministry partner, uh, Gideon Penny, uh, who will bring us some of the theology and some of the uh, practicality as he's seen it work out within the context of a local church. Um, around matters of adoption uh, and we'll speak to him until about um, uh, half past ten or so uh, and then we will be talking to another friend uh, Quentin Saunders who will be talking specifically about what churches can do uh, this coming Sunday and what Christians can do this coming Sunday to mark uh, Orphan Sunday or how you can prepare your church uh, for a future uh, Sunday where you mark uh, orphan care. We're going to be going to a break. We will be listening to a song, Alice Khan Ocavius, by Joe Nimant and a couple of adverts. Uh, we look forward to chatting to you just after the break. Stick with us. Well, folk, whether you are joining us this morning on radio, uh, 657 AM, as well as 729 AM, depending on if you're in Johannesburg or in Cape Town. Um, whether you are joining us on Facebook, Radio Pulpit, Radio Console, on DSTV, on Open View, or if you are streaming directly off the website, I, I do want to say welcome. Thank you so much for listening this morning. Uh, you would have noticed that this morning we are talking in preparation for Orphan Sunday around matters of orphan care, uh, around matters of the care of children. Um, and you are encouraged to join the conversation by commenting on Facebook, by sending a voice note on WhatsApp or Telegram, uh, by tweeting or even by phoning in on the studio. Uh, those details are in the show notes on Facebook, um, but you can just comment on Facebook on uh, WhatsApp and Telegram. You can phone the number 082-657-2729. Don't phone it. Uh, send a voice note or, or type out a message. Uh, on Twitter, you can use the handle at 657AM. Um, and if you want to dial into the studio, you can do so on 012 334 
I do enjoy talking to folk uh, live on air, and I do thank you. Uh, for those of you who have been speaking, I, I do see a lot of comments have come through, particularly on Facebook this morning. Um, appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, I certainly will go through these comments um, after the show. Uh, some of them just require uh, some links to some of the things that we've been speaking about. Thank you so much uh, to Peter uh, from Pretoria North Baptist Church, who will be um, preaching on the doctrine of adoption on the 21st of this month. Hmm. Uh, he is a long-time listener as well. Um, and what a glorious topic to be speaking on. Love the doctrine of salvation and the doctrine of adoption in particular. Mm. gives us so much comfort in a world which is so dark um, and so grim uh, so often. Uh, folk, if you are listening in, I, I do want to say thank you in particular to those who have shared um, the content this morning. Uh, on Facebook or whichever other mechanism you use. Uh, Shout-outs go particularly to Gideon, to Teresa, uh, and to others who have shared the content this morning. Thank you so much for doing that. Really appreciate when you get, um, when you get uh, the news of what we're doing uh, out to your family and to your friends uh, and to your connections on Facebook. I appreciate when you partner with us in that way. Um, this morning, we're still going to talk to my friend Gideon and Penny. I'm about to bring him in. And I see my other friend, Quentin Saunders, is already online as well. We're going to be chatting to him uh, too uh, regarding adoption in South Africa. Gideon, how are you doing, bud? You've got to unmute, my friend. Hey, Mark. You've got to unmute. Come on. We've been living in a COVID world for like a year and a half now. How do you still not unmute when you start talking uh, on Zoom? <laughs> oh, man. No, thank you so much. It's, it's, a, it's such a joy and a blessing to be with you. Um, and also um, thankful to your listeners' uh, greetings this morning. Um, as you talk about this pertinent topic, on adoption but also orphan care um, even as we look to this orphan month now now Gideon in truth you and I are going to talk um, fairly soon on a show um, about a range of other topics because you are a pastor of a church on the West Rand Florida Baptist Church uh, you and I served together at Crystal Park Baptist Church uh, for yes. a period um, and so I, I'm looking forward to you coming on the show and us talking about a, a range of pastoral issues uh, sometime soon. But this morning, we're talking particularly about adoption and adoption care. Uh, how is it, brother, that this, that this topic uh, is so close to your heart? What, what has been your journey in terms of this particular discussion? Um, it's, it has been a wonderful experience um, in that... Uh, I've I've had great exposure uh, to brothers and sisters in Christ, including yourself. Um, I remember uh, the time when you were adopting little Thomas, and um, just the um, the experience, the joys. Uh, but also, I think there are some misconceptions that uh, previously I had. But as I looked and see how this um, practice really demonstrates the gospel. It, it moved my heart um, to really um, be involved in a way, although we are still in the process of uh, considering now adopting. We've submitted our Form 30s and all the legal requirements now. 
But uh, to be honest, it's been the church. Um, most brothers and sisters in the church uh, have been a great influence to my life, but also I think mm. um, I know for a fact my wife as well. Uh, we've really been impacted by that, looking at the need, but also not just the need, but um, the greater picture as to how this practical act models the gospel. Sure. You know, mm. I mean, Gideon, you and I are great friends. I, I count you as a best friend. Uh, I was with you and your wife at the birth of your first son and mm. uh, and remember that moment with, with a bit of laughter and with great joy. Um, but at the same time, just, just the idea, I've seen your family expand even as you've gone across uh, to the other side of the world and just mm. your family grow in, in your mm. love for the Lord and in the way that you represent Him and your testimony. Uh, the idea of, uh, of you going through adoption as well really does warm my heart. Um, when it comes to the local church and adoption, maybe you can just answer the question a little bit from a pastoral perspective. Um, how do you believe churches can get involved um, in adoption and in supporting adoption and in advocating for adoption um, in, in, in our spaces? What can a pastor who's maybe listening to the show right now um, do in preparation for Adoption Sunday this coming Sunday, uh, or maybe if they've missed the boat and the Sunday isn't going to be the opportunity for them to wave an adoption flag, what are some of the things that they might do in the month ahead in order to prepare for another Sunday where they can mark adoption? Yeah, um, uh, I, would, I would really point to such brothers, uh, but also sisters in Christ. Um, it, to, to the Word of God, um, for, for us to realize actually that uh, the issue that we are talking about here, um, in as much as it sounds as though it's a social issue, but it's a theological issue as well. Um, understanding that when sin came into the world, um, death marred the, uh, the beauty of creation, including the, um, the unit uh, of family, and that familial bond as a result of death um, it's broken when when a, a mother a father dies or a mother a father sometimes uh, chooses not to take responsibility of the child and when you look at what the scriptures speaks of when the bible points to the fatherless uh, right from the book of uh, genesis for example you begin to see that the fatherless and the widow uh, their case is really uh, something that's on the heart of God. And usually their case and provision is provided under the same regulations and restrictions of uh, the foreign and the sojourn among the children of Israel. And that's how God looked at it. And to understand that then we do have a number of kids who are abandoned in South Africa. And those kids are seeking for provision and they are seeking for uh, a place where they can not just be taken care of physically, but also spiritually. Uh, this is a great opportunity for us to disciple and to make disciples uh, of all nations. And uh, these kids are seeking for such a place. So for us to look at it from that perspective, it does remove, you know, that kind of a notion where we are just a social arm that is trying to do a social cause. This is a theological cause. This is a noble cause. It's a it's a gospel cause, and uh, I'm 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 convinced that um, as the Church of Jesus, we should uh, mobilize each other 
to this pertinent cause so that we can model what James would say, the true and undefiled religion. Yeah, I, I mean, when I think of both the Old and the New Testament, we, we've been talking quite a bit around this continual refrain of foreigners, of widows and of orphans. But, but even if you think of characters in the Old Testament and characters in the New Testament, the two characters that really stand out um, in the Testaments would be, well, look, I mean, you've got a couple of, of standout characters in the Old Testament, but, but let's go with Moses in the Old and Jesus Christ in the New. Um, and just see how clearly adoption is integrated into their narrative. Uh, Moses, left in a reed basket, uh, is adopted into the household of Pharaoh uh, in the Old Testament. Jesus Christ himself, born of a virgin and adopted into Joseph's family, uh, Joseph being the head of the home, Jesus Christ being the son of God, adopted by an earthly father, and um, his father being Joseph the carpenter, mm. um, a son of David. <laughs> The reality is adoption is integrated into both the Old and the New Testament, not just in terms of commands, which need to be obeyed, but also in terms of these these key characters uh, in both testimonies. And so, yes, I, I thoroughly agree with you, Gideon, uh, that if we are to approach this pastorally, uh, we do need to approach this first as an investigation into God's Word mm. and an explanation of how closely tied uh, adoption is to the biblical narrative of both the Old and the New Testament. I think your point mm. is really well made. Mm. Um, so when it comes to Adoption Sunday, brother, how will Florida Baptist Church mark the Sunday? What, what are the kinds of things that, that you guys um, might be doing this coming Sunday? So for this coming Sunday, we will bring um, uh, to the church awareness as to what's happening out there and some of the key ministries that are serving um, in this particular ministries, I think we think of our brothers in Bethsaida, and we think of our brothers of Open Home, and um, in particular so on Tatile. So we will be praying for the needs of the ministries that are laboring, that we are partners with. I know that there are many out there, and they are doing an incredible job, um, but we will just be mentioning concerning this uh, bringing it to our people um, using that time when we do pastoral prayer uh, to specifically as well pray for such uh, but also mobilizing the church to be able to give um, we've been collecting some goodies uh, to give to um, we have Florida baby home just closer to where we are and we'll be giving out some items there as well and so that's that's how we as a local church will be involved in this and going forward we are working hand in hand as well with open home africa uh, in the awareness campaigns and mobilizing local churches around us uh, to this particular noble cause um, of orphan care well th thanks for that Gia. i i just want to maybe also talk in terms of crystal park and mm. the way that we will be highlighting orphan sunday this uh, this coming sunday uh, Tepo, uh, maybe you can come in and just talk about some of the things that we will be doing as a local church uh, for Orphan Sunday. Yeah, so um, during the notices, uh, we'll be uh, just um, ex exposing the church or letting them know about Open Homes uh, South Africa, which is the organization which is run by 
Kogelo and Sifizo. Well, I, I recently learned that you and Gideon also on the board. <laughs> yeah, so so we'll be announcing that from um, the notices, and also we will we'll be letting the church know about the real needs of um, children uh, because. Some are abandoned, like they often they they've got literally no care that's coming mm. towards them, and so I think if we if we have the the heart of God and also just just um, just going through the sums and seeing how God is a father to the fatherless, we should be driven by that kind of love, and even us ourselves have been adopted into this family of God. We, we need to be able to let that translate into, um, our lives, into how we can care for others, even in a way that God has cared for us. And so I think it, it, it's very important that we, we make that known and clearly felt by our, um, members in the local church. Uh, excellent. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, as, we, as we're talking about all of this, really what I'm hoping that listeners would have heard, what listeners are now kind of geared to do is for those of you who are pastors, you've been thinking now through this for the last couple of hours, uh, Orphan Care, Orphan Care Sunday, Orphan Sunday coming up, uh, a need to respond to this great need, uh, a need to respond in, in word-based ministry. Um, or in prayer or in advocacy um, and you are mobilized to get involved but maybe you are now just wondering well what is the next step the question becomes how and to that end Quentin Saunders um, is joining us and will give us an idea of the kinds of things that local churches can do even this Sunday and for some of you Possibly a Sunday to come because you want a little bit of a ramp up and you and you want to uh, get involved in one way or the other and you want to maybe speak to your leadership uh, and give them some ideas. Uh, Quentin uh, Saunders is going to just come on and give us some ideas uh, for you um, as to how you might get involved. Quentin, it's so good to be joined by you uh, this morning, brother. Mark, well, uh, it's a joy to be here and uh, just to part of the discussion and yes what a joy and this really just uh and yeah excites my heart to see what god is doing uh, around the country um well well well, thank 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 you so much for joining us um maybe you can um introduce the organization which you represent um and i will add both the organization and your website uh, into the show notes so that people can uh, uh can get to it and get to any resources that we talk about uh this morning yeah, thanks, Mark. Um, so I serve um, at Bethesda Outreach Ministries. Uh, it's an orphan care ministry based in, in Hamans Kral. So we have a property and we have six homes on the property. Uh, five of the homes um, at the moment are, are filled with, with children, and those children get gets placed with, with um, a loving family so that they can grow up in a family context. Um, so basically like being fostered. Um, in, a, in a family context and um, one of the homes we, that we have open at the moment we are planning to in the next year uh, convert into a baby home so very excited about that praying for uh, just uh, how God will provide for that the right family um, the resources and all of that but that's uh, mm. part of it and then also there's a school on the property uh, where we provide Christian education uh, school of about 260 children at the moment 
And um, yeah, that's part of what we're doing. And then also what we do at, at Bethesda is um, we also want to, you know, um, create awareness, like Sofiso said as well. We want to create awareness. Uh, we want to stimulate compassion, um, you know, to, to churches so that they can see God's heart for, for the orphan. And so that's part of what you're doing as well, a bit of training, a bit of creating awareness mm. as well. But yeah, the, um, that's, yeah, that's part of what I'm involved in. So maybe I can, yeah, Mark, any questions? Sorry. Yeah, well, uh, you know, just uh, as you're talking, obviously, uh, I, I am interested in in some of the ideas. Now, you, you've actually been listening in for the last couple of hours. So I think yeah. you've got a kind of a good run up. You, you know some of the things that we've been speaking about. But maybe you can now uh, just uh, take us through um, some of the things that local churches can do uh, this coming Sunday to mark the Sunday appropriately um, and to equip and mobilize their people and to advocate for the needs of orphans within local communities. Absolutely. Mark, I just want to start by mentioning that, um, you know, as a pastor, maybe listening uh, or maybe church members, you, you know, people might get overwhelmed and they sit here and they think, Yo, you know, how do, how do I get involved? And it, it might seem a bit scary. And I just want to mention that we understand, you know, I'm an elder at the church. Um, I've, I've been a youth pastor and I've, I'm, we're also in ministry and we understand, you know, that it might look a bit daunting, you know, where do I begin? Um, so we definitely understand that challenge as well. But um, again, mm -hmm. I just want to emphasize that just, I mean, just today we've heard of three ministries that, that are there that's willing to come alongside. Uh, and yeah. Just to come alongside where the church is already uh, serving and doing things and coming alongside the church to, to help equip and um, to really, you know, show the churches that we have, seeing uh, people uh, be at the same place where they are at and then uh, to see how God has used them uh, to to really care for the orphan and so so we yeah we've seen some some great success stories um, and so I think that the main thing is creating awareness you know just starting starting by creating awareness starting small like you mentioned you know just starting uh, starting by praying for the orphans um, um, just creating awareness and, I, and, I, and of course I think it starts with at the church, but I think as individuals, how can we how can we remember the orphan, um, as so that we individually can be a voice for the voiceless? You know, um, mm. I just want to share a story uh, quickly. There's this, uh, this 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 one lady who came out to Bethesda and she served there, and she went back to the states. And, and when I when I when I made contact with her, she said, "You know what I'm doing practically is I've got a, I've got a world clock for South Africa on my phone, so that every time I see that world clock." I pray for the kids at Bethesda and what they're doing at that time. And wow. so, so she's keeping the orphan in front of her. Uh, another guy used this example. He said, um, you know, he's got, a, he's got a watch. It's a, it's a Mickey Mouse watch. And you would say, well, what's this adult guy doing with a Mickey Mouse watch? You know, not everyone wears a Mickey Mouse watch. And he says, so many kids and so many people ask him, hey, what are you doing with this Mickey Mouse watch? And he says that creates conversation to say, you know, every time I see this watch, I think of, of the orphans and I think of those, I think of the fatherless, I think of those in need um, of, of a home. And so, so to create awareness. So what can we do personally? I've started something like that and I just want to share that. I've got a Superman mug uh, in my home and, I, and every time I drink out of that mug, I'm reminded that, you know, what Jesus Christ did, he came into this world to rescue, to be a savior. And, and, and ultimately, I can't be that savior because the temptation, you know, is for us to, to want to be that savior of all the children and and we need to be reminded that christ is the savior that we want to point them to um so 
ultimately, it starts with us, I think, first being aware of, of, of the need for the orphan and being a voice for the orphan. And then, of course, uh, in the church, there's so much that we can do. Uh, Safiso mentioned a couple of things. Um, you know, there's, there's, we, can, we can grab the opportunities like Orphan Sun. Uh, here's an opportunity. It's observed around the world. Speak, you know, we, we, can, we can observe Orphan Sunday. But also, we don't just want to open the tab, have a once-off event, and then forget about the orphans. Um, uh, faithfully preaching through the Word, expository preaching. Um, if you pre faithfully preach through the Word, uh, God's heart for the orphan will come up more than once uh, once a year. And and so, we've definitely seen that in our church, for example. Uh, so we want we want to see what is called like a drip. You know, right through the year, you just see this dripping of God's heart for the orphan. Um, so, so we've definitely seen that in our church where um, the, a couple of weeks ago we had a dedication service of two young, young girls that, were, that, that are being fostered by, by a father who was adopted. And so hmm. that gets celebrated in our, in our sure. church. We celebrate those events. And what was so amazing was that I think it was a Bible study group who organized a a baby shower for them, you know, and just had this party and, you know, gave gifts and helped this family, you know, get on their feet as they are providing a home for for, for, for these two two children. So so that's practical ways that a church can create awareness um, for the for the need of the orphan world. Um I just I, yeah, I, I yeah. just want to underline that. You know, having having gone through the process of um, of introducing our two daughters into the world, uh, uh, which which come with great fanfare, you know, a nine-month wait, um, and then just the, the joy and the excitement amongst the wider family, um, baby showers, and just all of that, all of that amazement. One of the greatest things about, uh, about the arrival of Thomas um, to the Penrith family um, was an equal fanfare and joy and celebration which came through the people of God. And just to encourage churches, um, when folk go through the adoption process, um, whether it is an early adoption or a late adoption, uh, you know, older children, um, make sure that the Church of God marks the joy uh, and the transition that the family is going through in appropriate ways, which might mean that you want to speak to the family and just make sure that whatever you're planning is appropriate. Um, but certainly for a younger child, a baby shower, um, is an appropriate way of marking mm. uh, the entrance of that of that child uh, into the broader uh, community of faith, and so I just encourage you um, to organise that. You know, if you're a if you're another mom in that community, or if you're a family member, um, you know, reach out to the church and say, "How do I organise the ladies to come together um, and do a baby shower?" Um, because there are needs, um, and uh, there is excitement. Uh, in that family, uh, that they want to celebrate together with the community. And then also, I, I mean, just, just to add, Quentin, uh, and to underline, uh, if it is a transracial adoption, in other words, it's all, you know, a white mom and dad uh, adopting into their family uh, a child who is other than white, there are a couple of questions that uh, mm. that Mlungus just don't know <laughs> off, the top of their, off the top of their head. 
things like skin care and hair care and stuff like that, mm. that if you are a, an African brother or sister within the context of the local church, reach out to that family and mm. lovingly spend a little bit of time uh, explaining to them, you know, kind of like, you know, I don't know, um, uh, yeah, skin care, how aqueous cream works. And, uh, you know, I, I, I grew up my entire life, I'd never used aqueous cream on my body ever. <laughs> <laughs> Just that's the things that white guys think of, or at least when I was growing up, thought of. Um, but 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 something which becomes incredibly relevant uh, when you adopt a, a, a child who has skin needs other than yours that you don't understand, hair needs other than yours. Uh, mm-hmm. Sefisel, who is a really good friend and I love uh, immensely, um, has kind of helped me take my kid to the barber uh, and explain how different haircuts work. Um, because, you know, I mean, other than kind of shaving hair short as I shaved my hair, uh, I had no clue how styling worked or, you know, the various mm. different products that you can get in order to get cool hair like Safiso's hair, um, which my son aspires <laughs> to. Um, and so, yeah, if you are a friend of a white couple who has adopted a baby, reach out to them and love them and uh, take them to the barber and take them to, you know, the... The, the aisle at uh, your local grocer which sells all of those products and explain how various different things work. That would be massively helpful. Back to you, Quinton, in terms of things that churches can do. Yeah, um, Mark, uh, thanks for sharing that. Um, you know, I think we need to celebrate. Celebrate what God is doing. Um, there's, there's a great need. There's great suffering in this world. Um, and if you, even if you just think of Jesus' teaching, uh, you know, he definitely speaks about uh, lots of sin. He teaches on lots of sin, suffering, as someone mentioned, and stewardship. That's another big thing as well. Stewardship, how does that fit in with adoption and caring for, for, for you know, for the vulnerable? Um, but, but just, um, you know, celebrate and, and, and share lots of stories in your church. Because ultimately what you want to do as well is you want your, your, your members in your church to see themselves in those stories, to, to say, well, hey, I, I can do that. You know, I, I, can, I can mentor, you know, I, or I can give extra classes at, a, at, a, at an orphan care ministry to someone, you know, extra maths classes to a grade eight. I, I can do that. I can see myself in that, in that story. So share lots of stories where, where your church members can see themselves in those stories. Um, and not all of them will adopt, like we mentioned, but where people will see themselves in those different uh, places of, of orphan care. Um, and then also, um, yeah, I share lots of stories. And then also show people what it can look like. Um, you know, one of the reasons why I'm sharing the story about this family who's, who's fostering two little kids and this son, this, this, this husband, of this family who was fostering these two little kids was also adopted. The reason why you, you share that is you want to show people what you know what the end could look like. It, it doesn't have to end with, with the baby being abandoned and, and not having a home. Um, God can, 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 can restore, God can bring so much good out of this. And here you've got a son who's, who's, who's adopted who now has a heart for, for the vulnerable. Um, because he saw the love of someone else for him. And so, yeah, just um, you want to show people what God can do um, mm. yeah, through, through caring for them. You want to show them the end, end result of what it can do. 
Oh, that, that's really great, um, Quentin. Uh, any pointers to resources, either that are online, that a pastor might go to in order to get some of the ideas that you've been speaking about? Um, yeah, any, any kind of pointers to resources? Where can people go? Yeah, um, on, on the Bethesda page, there's a resource um, button. You can just click on the resource button. There's plenty of resources. As Safiso mentioned, um, you know, the ideas, you know, how people can observe Open Sunday. Um, there's lots of lots of ideas, lots of ways. Um, they can contact me um, at, at orphancare at, at boi.org, and I'll just send resources. I think there's, you know, there, there, there are so many resources. It's just sitting down and and reading through a book and and, and taking it from there. And and then the workshops, which, which are great. The podcasts. I mean, I got to yell open home through. I think it was through Facebook and listening to a podcast. Never knew, uh, I didn't know of Safiso. And then I heard Mark on one of the podcasts. I was like, hey, I know Mark. Mark knows Safiso. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's lots of resources. You know, um, what I've done is I've, I've tried as we've gone through the show, uh, just to make note of each one of the, the speakers. Uh, I've referenced Joel, I've referenced uh, Safiso and Chalchelo, I've referenced Gideon, uh, I've referenced yourself, uh, I've also uh, referenced the various different organizations that you guys are working with, uh, your Facebook pages as well as your websites, so that folk that have been listening to the show can easily find the various different resources that we've spoken about, whether it be onto the Tile, whether it be Open Home Africa, whether it be Bethesda, um, as well as the various different resources that you guys have spoken about. And I'm very grateful for, for the excellent work that you guys are doing. Um, I, I have noticed that uh, as we've been speaking, a number of people have just recognized um, and have been beneficiaries um, in terms of growing up with either, either without mom or dad, or without a mother and a father, and have been beneficiaries of work that uh, churches have done or that individuals have done in their lives. Um, and have resonated very much uh, with this entire conversation uh, and are grateful uh, to the work that you guys do. Um, I certainly am inspired by, um, by the work that each and every one of you do. Uh, just in closing, Quentin, um, uh, maybe uh, just any, any kind of last words that either a listener, uh, you'd like to impress on a listener uh, or on a pastor this, uh, this morning. Uh, and then uh, we'll hand the baton over to Gideon um, and then close the show out. Uh, and then Safiso, because he's still online, and then close the show out. No, Mark, um, I, I can maybe just, you know, um, kind of connect with what um, Gideon said. Um, ultimately, how does, how does what we do fit in with the local church? You know, um, and it fits in with the Great Commission and the Great Command. You know, we are called to make disciples of the nations, and that's what we want to do. Uh, we want to adopt them. We want to make disciples of these children as we, as we bring them into our homes. And we want to love God, and we want to love people. Hmm. Ah, love God and love people. I love that, Quentin. Thank you so much for joining us. Gideon, uh, any final closing words? Yeah. Um, thank you so much, Mark, for this opportunity. And I would love just to um, bring this challenge to uh, the brothers and the sisters in Christ. If you are pro-life, meaning that you care a lot about life and you speak mm. against abortion, then um, the alternative for that is adoption. 
So we must be willing to open our homes and make sure that we uh, trust in God in this. All the misconceptions, there are a lot of myths mm -hmm. around as to what adoption entails. If you are there, you're curious, really waiting and uh, willing to adopt, but yet you've been misinformed, then we'd like to encourage you to join um, the workshops and um, uh, contact people like Quentin, Sifiso, Kalkelo, Joe Kubri in the West Strand and get accurate information as to what adoption really involves because a lot of times we are misinformed um, as to maybe mm. it is going to cost a lot of hundreds of or thousands of money <laughs> um, <laughs> or the process of adoption is so long uh, that um, it's just not possible. Sometimes it sounds as though it's impossible, uh, but it's mm. not. Um, actually, sometimes those red tapes are necessary, but this is a great cause. Uh, we can be able to impact the next generation uh, by opening our homes and granting them a safe uh, place where they'll be discipled uh, so that they also grow in knowing Christ, loving him and glorifying him, even to enjoy him forever. Sefiso, my friend, um, uh, any last words? Yes, yes, Mark. I think uh, just to reiterate that uh, we all felt the sense of inadequacy as anyone um, embarking on this would feel. And I just want to reassure them that with the support of uh, the, the local church and uh, other adoptive families, it is possible. And that everyone, there is something that we can all do. Um, it begins with prayer and then it begins with being present. And then ultimately the Lord works in our hearts that way. Mm. So whatever mm. the Lord leads you, um, um, just continue to be obedient in faith and um, trust Him. Thank you. Well, you've been listening to Table Talk with me, your host, Mark Penrith. We're going to be going to news now, and so until next week, Friday. Walk wisely, live holy, and testify zealously that God might be glorified in your life and you might enjoy Him forever. Goodbye.